Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. I remember as we're going to get into the Word, I, Pastor Steve loves the Word of God, and thank you, Ralph, for sharing that testimony that you don't need a a title, you don't need a Bible, not that Bible college is not bad, it's actually good to study, the Bible says study to show yourself approved, a workman, unashamed, and so to rightly divide the word of truth, but I remember as a young person in junior high school, I remember uh, being in a, in a difficult situation or whatever, but I remember going and just opening up the Bible, and I would just read the book of Psalms, but even at a young age in junior high and high school, there was a hunger from God's word from just as you read it, that it did something to my insides. It did something to my soul. It was really good soul food. Now, my wife can make good soul food. She can cook greens, yams, mac and cheese, and all the food that's not the healthiest for you, uh, but it's really good and delicious. But how many know Jesus says that man does not live by what? Natural bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And if we would... I think we may do ourselves a disservice because it's easy for us to be busy and uh, run and get caught up in life. We just live in a very fast-paced life. And uh, I think as believers, you know, we started out the year, we're going to read through the Bible. But what's more important is that we allow the Word of God to read us. It's like when we went through this, that we're going through this time in unforgiveness. We're allowing the Word of God to really get into our hearts and produce something inside of us. How I many you know the Word of God will produce life? Yeah. It will produce life. One of you know our, some of our favorite verses from Ephesians are from Hebrews. I'm starting to talk faster than I can think, or I'm thinking faster than I could talk, I should say. But Hebrews chapter 4 says, God's word, it's alive. It's alive. It's quick. Come on, it's quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It goes down between, it says, the writer says, it goes down between joint. It, it actually goes down between soul and spirit. It divides between your soul and your spirit. How many know you're a spirit man? You're a spirit being with a soul. You're just housed in this body, but the Word of God will get down into the deepest parts of you, and it divides between spirit and soul. And then it says it even goes deeper than that. It goes down between the joints and the marrow. Now, my dog loves marrow bones. Some of you guys that like to make beef soup, you guys know what I'm talking about. But it's like, you know what I'm talking about? What's your name, young man? <laughs> Lamar, your name is Lamar? Lamari. Okay, it's okay, Lamar. Amen. Lord bless Lamar. Lamar, you have such a call on your life, young man. You really do. You really have a call on your life. And Lord, we just bless Lamari and your hand upon him, Lord. We thank you for him. And so he knows about marrow bones. I don't know. How old are you, Lamari? 14. How do you know about beef marrow bones? But anyhow, you have a dog? But anyhow, the Word of God is like that. It gets down into the, into the cellular, cellular level of our life. And it says that 
It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. Now, that's pretty, come on, now it gets even deeper. It gets into the thoughts and the intents of our heart, and nothing is hidden from its sight, meaning that God's Word actually sees us. And so, everybody knows, you just might as well give up. You can't hide. How many of you ever tried to hide from God? Right, you tried to hide. You're like, you got these compartments, and you're like, God, you can see that part. God already sees anything anyway. You might as well give up and say, Lord, I surrender. Don't fake it with God. And so, uh, yes, Lord. So we love your word today. It produces life in us. And so this book of Ephesians, I'm going to get to the middle part of it, but I have to do some intro, and I'm going to thank Pastor Mike and Terrence for sharing the first part of it. I know we're, we're attempting to get through the book of Ephesians in three months. It's not going to be physically possible. Like, I can preach a whole message on one word, and I'm probably going to do that today. And so uh, we're not going to rush through it, even though in our groups, in our encounter us communities. We have now gone into lesson two. Now we're going to jump into lesson three and four. We've uh, created lessons from each chapter. But let's just look at some of these things uh, and then we'll get to where I want to be in verse 14 today of the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bible, if you have your uh, iPhone with you or your Android or your tablet or whatever you have or who actually still has a physical Bible that you actually can hear the pages ruffle, (laughs) nothing wrong with that. I actually broke mine out today. I was like, wow, I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, everything's electronic now, you know, because it's, it's crazy how much information we're bombarded with. There's so much information. There's so much noise that we have to filter through, and we're going to preach a little bit. Look, look what it, the Lord says about us, that in verse 3, he's blessed me. I'm going to put your name there. I like to put my name there. He's blessed me with every spiritual blessing. This is verse 3. He chose me. Come on, tell the Lord. Say, Lord, thank you for choosing me. Verse 4 of chapter 1. Jesus said that to his disciples. He says, you know what? You didn't really choose God. And some of like, oh, I went to church. Well, come on, God chose you. He chose you. He chose us in him. Verse 5, he's adopted me as a son. I'm adopted. You know that the laws of adoption now, some, I hear young people, they're like, you know, when I get 18, I'm just going to move out. I don't have to listen to my parents. And I hear some parents say, when my child turns 18, I'm going to disown them. I'm going to kick them out. Uh, They just have to go. But the laws of adoption now, I don't know, hopefully I know some of you guys are laughing. I've heard mom say that. But anyhow, they're just threatening you to get a job. That's all. Uh, But the laws of adoption supersede natural laws. You cannot, if you adopt a child, you can never disown that child. And when we realize that Jesus, uh, or the Father, Father God has adopted, that we have a Father. That's why when we get into the, the Word of God and you read in the book of Romans, the first thing that happens to you when you give your heart to God, He puts His Spirit inside of you, and it's the Spirit of like a dad giving a child a hug, and it says, whereby you cry out, Dad, thank you. So whether you like it or whatnot, whether you have some daddy issues, Ralph, thank you for sharing some of your pain with dad. And I know we live in a society where there's a lot of orphans. There's an orphan spirit. And uh, sometimes in life we can, well, no matter if you had natural parents or, or you didn't, how many know that the spirit of adoption supersedes that? And Jesus says whoever receives him, he gives power, like we were singing today, Whoever believes, not just believing in Jesus in your head, but whoever receives him, who believes in him, says, Lord, I receive you. It says to them, he gives power. Come on, we're going to talk about power today. He gives power to be sons. And that word sons means daughters too. It just means that you're not an orphan. 
You have something that you belong to. You belong to a family of God. And God is not ashamed to call you his kids. And I don't know about you. How many of you guys got some kids and that they have a key to your house? They may know your bank card. I'll tell you this story. My son, when he was young, he was like, you need money? Just go get that card. Put it in the machine and hit the buttons. He was like, he had access. He had access to them. And we're like, look, son, you don't realize you have to have money in the bank. You can't just, you know, put that card in and just hit the buttons. But come on, when you're a son, you don't, you don't ask why or how. You're just like, yes, when? When's it going to happen? You told me you're going to do this. You told me I'm going to get a new car for my graduation. Whatever they said, you just believed them because their word was bond. But he adopted us. And then he's accepted us. Verse 6, he's redeemed us in, by his blood, meaning he bought us back. He forgave us. He's made known to us his will. Verse 9 And in verse 11, it says, in him, I have an inheritance. Come on, I have an inheritance. Come on, how many of you guys say? Yeah, now, a lot of us, some of us in the natural, we want our inheritance. Or we say, man, I wish I get an inheritance. Or I hope my mom, some people like are waiting for their relatives to die because they think they're going to get an inheritance. And that's, that's just, I don't even go there. But anyhow, when it comes to money, people get real funny. Uh, But it says that we've obtained an inheritance in Christ We've obtained an inheritance. And guess what? He's also obtained an inheritance in us. Jesus, his bride, the church. How many know when we'll get to these verses, it says that God gets happy about it. Sometimes we come to church and we feel like we got to do all this stuff and we we don't know. But you know that, I don't know about you, when I think about kids or I think about my natural kids or my spiritual kids, they make me happy and I want to see them happy. I want to bless them. I want to provide for them. I want to, and then so if I can do that, Steve, if I can do that being evil, how much more does my heavenly father relate to his kids, you and I, that guess what? He's like, I want to bless you. Not just so you can have money, not just so you can get new things for yourself. He's, he wants you to be a blessing. And so let's go here. We're going to pick it up. That was kind of a review. But it says in this in verse 3, it says in him, talking about Jesus, you also trusted. This is verse thing. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation. And so in the book of Ephesians, the, if you read your Bible and you know anything about history, I like history, but Ephesus was a... Or if you look in the country, the current country of Turkey, that's where Ephesus was. And it was a church that was launched. If you know your Bible, you read your Bible in the book of Acts, Paul launched this. And one of the first disciples of this church in Ephesus was a gentleman by the name of Apollos of Apollos. And it says that Apollos was a great man of scripture. He knew the scriptures, but he was just baptized with the baptism of John. Now, John, who was Jesus's cousin, John did not preach. He preached the baptism or the salvation of just turning to God and repenting. And so the the church at Ephesus was birthed out of the baptism of John and people were getting touched mightily by the power of God. But then Paul shows up later and actually Aquila, Priscilla, and Aquila, they were a couple, okay, they were a married couple, and they were from Greece, and they showed up, and they actually, Priscilla and Aquila, 
Priscilla was a, uh, well, they were both mighty in power. They actually, they said, Apollos, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And he was like, what are you talking about? What Holy Spirit? He says, I just, I just know about the baptism of John. I know the Spirit of God is real. And so that's why Paul writes this. Paul actually writes this letter. He's not in Ephesus. He's not at the church. Paul is actually in jail and in prison when he's writing this letter. Okay, it's called the prison epistle. So he's writing this letter to the church and he's reminding them of who they are. How many of you guys sometimes you need to be reminded? Yes. You need God to remind you. All right, Pastor Steve needs reminding all the time. And so that's why it says, it says, after you heard the word of your salvation, you also believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Or another translation says, it's the earnest expectation expectation. Now the word earnest, if you have a, like a, a different translation, the earnest money, how many of you guys know what earnest money is? Some old school people. You know what? Who does not know what earnest money means? All right, I'm going to help you out. Thank you. Thank you. It just means layaway money. How many of you put anything on layaway? Okay. Are you made a, okay, now you understand. Okay. Or how many of you guys ever made a down payment? Now, you said, I'm going to give you this so you don't sell. It's going to hold on to you, right? I'm just going to give you. And so the Spirit of God was God's down payment. It says that I'm going to give you this little bit right now, but don't worry, a whole lot more is coming. I got a whole lot more for you. I got a whole lot better. And so when we read the Bible, sometimes we have to read it and say, Lord, let it read me and let it help me. But it says the Spirit is the down payment of my inheritance, how many guys say, Lord, I want more. I want all that you have for me. I want the fullness. Come on, I didn't go through hell. I didn't get saved. I didn't have you touch me and deliver me for me just to give up and only go halfway, right? We're going to go all the way and finish strong. It's not how we start, but it's how we finish. So let's pick it up in verse 15. We'll get to here, and this is what I want to preach to you. And this is what he says. This is Paul. There, that's why he puts this word, therefore. And when you hear a word, therefore, you need to know what it's there for. And so he's getting you to think. He says, therefore, I also heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints. And I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention to you in my prayers. I want you to think about this word hearing. What are we hearing? And so we have to watch what we hear. We have to watch what we say. We have to watch what we pray. We have to watch what we see. Or not just watch it, but how much more do, does our hearing? And so what was Paul's message? What did he, he didn't hear about their gossip. He didn't hear about their complaining. He didn't hear about their problems. He didn't hear, even though all those things were real, even I bet you there were a lot of issues going on. I bet you there was, uh, there was injustice and there was different things going on. People were in pain. People were in needs. But it says, what did I hear? I heard of your faith in Jesus. And I'm challenged today because, Pastor Steve, I need to filter my hearing. And hearing, I could preach this whole message on this one word, on hearing, on hearing, on hearing. Because just because you hear doesn't mean you hear. And hearing, we want to be able to hear. If I take you back, and for the sake of time, I'm going to take you back into the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13. And you guys know this, and if you don't read it, it's really good homework for you. But in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is telling them about the parable. And in Matthew chapter 12, he says this. He says, if you really want to know where a person is, just listen to what comes out of their mouth. He says, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
And so we have a lot of voices in our day. We have a lot of voices, and I don't know what you wake up to, but hopefully you shut off the television, you shut off your, your Instagram, your TikTok, everything else, social media, because if all you do is hear that first, you're robbing yourself from spending time and hearing the Word of God and hearing God's Spirit talk to you. And so we have this bombardment of noise in our day. Sometimes you have to stop and say, what would it be like to live 100 years ago when you didn't have cell phones and Internet and all this digital media? Now, I bet you it would be a lot more quiet. Yes. And I could probably just hear the birds chirping and singing. And, but we still live in a day where you can get that. You can choose that. Yeah. And so because what you hear is producing something inside of you. What you hear produces something inside of you. What you hear produces the condition of your heart. We know this in Romans chapter 10. It says what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so we are people of faith. And this is what Paul declared over the church at Ephesus. He said, I heard of your faith. That was their noise. That was their, their, their we're talking about their faith in Jesus. So I just want to say this. Don't post anything on social media except the word of God. Don't post your opinion about anything if you're a Christian. Don't post anything if you guys, there's so much garbage and there's opinions. Why don't you post, when was the last time you got someone saved or you did something about the kingdom of God or you posted something about the power of the word? Forgive me, Pastor Steve, being a little bit intense today because there's so much foolishness that everyone has a voice. Everyone has a platform. Everyone wants to say their opinion. Just shut up. Because your life is not your own. And this is where it's going to get to. You can think, well, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, you can do whatever you want to do. But if you are really a Christian, if you're really allowing the Lord, you can't do. Khalila will tell me this. You don't get to do what you want to do around here. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't get to do what you want to do around here. Now, you can do whatever you want to do, but some people are like, that's just rebellion. And we... We have a spirit of rebellion in the church, and we have a spirit of rebellion even in this nation, and we're spirit, and it's all over. It's all over. And, we, and, and what's sad is Christians don't even realize and discern that it's deception. But it's easy to get caught up with that. And so, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so what are we allowing to go into our ear gate? And I took you to this verse in Matthew chapter 13, and there was the parable of the sower. And if you could put it up there for me, uh, Oscar. Thank you, Oscar. In Matthew 13, I think I'll get to it. But Jesus, after he says the parable of the sower, he makes, they're asking him, what does this mean? And let's look at what it says here. And the disciples came to him and said to him, why do you speak to us in riddles? Why do you tell us so many stories? And he answered them and said, because it has been given to you, everyone say me, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. Whoever has what? I don't know, you ask yourself, but I read this when I was a little kid. I think I read this when I probably was in junior high or high school. And as always, whoever has to him, more will be given. We want you more and more. Right. Okay, stop right there. 
to whoever has, whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. You see the progression? If you have it, you'll be given more, and it'll produce even more. It'll produce abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So sometimes we think we got it, and we don't have it. Sometimes we think we're all that, and we're really not. We think we're walking in truth and in victory, but maybe we're not. And what is he talking about? What is it that you have or you don't have? Next verse, he tells us. Aren't you glad that Jesus tells us? Therefore I speak to them in parable, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So there were people that walked around with natural hearing, but they didn't hear spiritually. They walked around with natural understanding, but they couldn't understand and know God. They walked around with physical sight and could see, but spiritually they were blinded. Therefore, I speak to them in prayer because they see and they don't see. And he was prophesying. He was talking about religious people. He was talking about his own people. He was talking about the people of, of Israel at the time. And he was quoting Isaiah chapter 6. You remember the glorious chapter in Isaiah 6? Here was it says, In the day that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And the angels shook. And they, and they cried one to another, Holy, 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 holy. And he was there. And Isaiah was there in the presence of the Lord and when you get in the presence you see how undone you are thank you and he says wow I'm really unholy he says I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips and he was like Lord and what happened the angel came and he took the coal this is Isaiah chapter 6 and he took the coal and he burned and touched and he sealed his lips or seared his lips and he says your iniquity is taken away and then Isaiah says who's or the Lord says who will go for us and Isaiah says here am I send me and this is this is where he gets sent to I, the Lord says okay go talk to these people that don't want to listen that's like, that's our, come on, how many of you guys, like the Lord says, puts that command, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to anoint you, you're going to be an evangelist. And I heard someone says, okay, get ready to be rejected. Right. That's part of, come on, our feelings get hurt. My feelings get hurt too easy. Come on, who in here would say your feelings get hurt too? You're, you're too much into your feelings, as the kids would say. They're into your feelings. That's the, that's the thing. Oh, I'm not feeling that. Everything's about feelings, feelings. They're into their feelings, Okay. Oh, Lord, help us. Okay, therefore I speak to them in parables because they see, seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Next verse. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, that I should heal them. That was Jesus' prayer for his people. That was Jesus' prayer for his nation. I think that's his prayer for the church today, that we would turn back to him and say, Lord, heal me. We sang about it last week. You know the word converted means, conversion means to turn back, to be turned back. And so conversion is an event, but salvation is a lifestyle. See, salvation is I am saved, I'm being saved, and I'm going to be saved. And so we don't, it's the process of walking this out and being, and the Apostle Paul knew this. He says, I was delivered, 
I am being delivered, and I'm going to be delivered. So it's past, present, and future. And so that's part of our salvation is walking into continual healing. That's why we need to stay plugged into the Lord and to one another is because guess what? We still have a long way to go. And we're not perfect yet. But the Lord is desiring us and, it, and expecting us to be perfect. Does that mean you do everything right? No, 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 no. But he is wanting us to model his character and be like the Father. And that's hard. It's like you cannot do it. We'll get there. We'll get there. Next verse. Thank you, Oscar. Do we have another verse up there? But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Come on, say that. Say, blessed are my eyes, for they see, and my ears, for they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and they didn't see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. He's talking about people that the old prophets of old that came before him. But how much more we have a greater testimony and a greater covenant. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. And uh, how many of you guys know this? You want to hear this. I'm going to tell it to you anyway because it's good. The parable of the sower was this. He says, the seed fell amongst the wayside. I don't even know if we have, but it's okay. I can tell it to you. I think I know it. And he said, the seed that fell amongst the wayside are those that immediately hear the word with, with excitement and joy, but immediately the evil one comes and snatches away the seed. So it's like we come, we can hear the word, or during your time together you hear it, but because it's on the wayside. It's something that is maybe trivial, something you do all the time. It's something you get excited about initially. But it says there also is, yes, the devil comes to church. And it could be in us. And so immediately it says they come and they steal away. That was the seed that fell on the wayside. The next type of soil that he says, he said the second type of soil is that which fell on stony ground. And it says because it had Little, a little bit of earth. It says that immediately the word would take root and it would spring up, but the sun would scorch it. And it uses this phrase. It says, because it had no depth of earth in itself. It says the root didn't. So I don't know about you, but all I know is God wants us as his people to have a little bit of depth of earth inside of us. Because guess what is the deeper that seed goes down, the deeper it is rooted, the higher you can get fruited. Okay, you want fruit in your life? You have to allow that word to go down deep. And so it says because they had a little bit of uh, depth of earth, it says that it sprung up, but the sun would come and scorch it. And it would only actually, let me go back to the first, the first type of soil. It says this. This is what it says. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It says the first time is you the first type of soil, the wayside. It says you receive it with joy. It says, but when persecution arises because of the word, come on, how many of you guys want a word? I want a word. I want the prophets to come and prophesy over me. I want a word. I want to get that word. But here. Matthew chapter 13, it says that word is going to produce. Actually, it says tribulation. Tribulation is just pressure. Come on. We don't like that. Come on. But it says, guess what? The word is going to put. Some, how many of you guys need some pressure on you to, to get motivated? Come on. You just don't. You, don't, you, need some, you need somebody to push you. 
Come on, you need some weights, right? And so there's, it says so, but this word is going, this is what the word does. Now, we all like the goosey bumps and the feeling good and bless me, don't have, but it says that when you get this word, it's going to cause there to be persecution and tribulation. And it says, we don't want that. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. But your spirit man wants it. It's just your carnality doesn't want it. Your spirit man wants it. Your spirit man is willing. Your spirit man is saying, Lord, give me all that you have for me. I really want it. Your spirit man really wants it, but it's your flesh that doesn't like the tribulation or the pressure. So that's really the wayside. It's the, the wayside is the pressure or the persecution. But everyone say it's good for you. Come on. It's producing something inside of you. You know that it says that in Romans chapter 8, it says that the light affliction that we're going through is producing in us a far greater weight of glory. And so it's okay. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, pressure, it's okay. Say, put some pressure on me. And so that was the first type of of soil with the wayside. The second was, was the lack of earth. The third one was the... Soil that had a bunch of thorns and thistles. How many of you guys have done weeding? I I had the boys come over to my house, and uh, even though I sprayed and I wore masks, they're still, I was like, no, we got to get rid of these devils. You know, these, they're, if you have a yard, you guys know what I'm talking about. They just grow everywhere, and there's just like a hundred different varieties. I was like, who planted these devils here? I just call them devils. You know, I was just, but anyhow, it says that. The third type was it fell upon the stony ground, and that represented the cares of life and the deceitfulness of riches. So what are you and I so caught up? What are we so wrapped up into our security? What is our security? Is it our bank account? Is it our health? Is it our retirement? I know we live in an age and there's nothing wrong with investment. There's nothing wrong with saving money. But we live in a day that everyone says, well, if I just have money and I understand it takes money and God understands that. But it says if this has an area of your heart where the cares of life, the cares of life, the worry of life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, the basic thing. Come on, Jesus like slapped his disciples around. He was like, come on. He says, your father knows you have need of all this stuff. Your father knows you have need of what you're going to eat and wear. But if you're so basic and elementary and all you do is worry about bills and worry about food and worry about clothes, he was like, don't you know that you're worth more than two birds and two sparrows? But it says that this condition of the heart, it's, it describes the type of soil in our life, and it's, it's the cares of life. And I had to examine myself, what are, what are the cares of life in Pastor Steve's life? What, are, what about the deceitfulness of riches? What am I putting my trust in? Oh, if I can do this or these things. And how many know our true treasure and our riches are in heaven? Just like Pastor Portia, Portia preached on Mother's Day, she said, Solomon, he, he asked for wisdom. And because he, his prayer was for wisdom, right, God says, I'm going to give you everything else. I'm going to give you everything else. You'll be the richest person. You'll have abundance. You'll have everything you need. But because you ask correctly, you ask for a spirit of wisdom so that you could help the people of God. And that will take me back to Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. Let's go back there in verse. Thank you, Oscar. I know I jumped around here on you. But Paul says this. He says in verse 15, I heard of, how did I get there? It all comes from hearing. So lay your hands upon your ear and say, Lord, give me a hearing ear. 
give me a hearing ear, even as Jesus, you said to the church, let them have ears, hear what the spirit of saying, Lord, let me filter the noise, let me counsel, let me choose what not to listen to, what I need to shut off, what voice I need to close, what door I need to close, Lord, and let me hear you. Let me hear your voice. I'm afraid there's a lot of people that say they're hearing the voice of the Lord, but they're not. And so, Lord, help. All I can do is be responsible for Pastor Steve. And you're responsible for you. But he says this, the news that Paul was hearing about the church in Ephesus was their faith in Jesus and their love for one another. Their love for each other. Can you make that prayer and say, Lord, give me love for your body. Give me love for your people. Give me love for my brothers and sisters. Give me love Lord, that love is when you care more about the other person than you do yourself. Love is agape love. Not love that is selfish love, but help me to love my brothers and sisters. And help me, Lord, not to love the world, but let me love people. Come on, let me be a lover of people. Be a lover of people. Let your love. How many of you say you need more of God's love? I know we all. I can have an altar call right here. You know how I know? Let somebody cross you. Let somebody disagree with you. Let somebody post something that you don't like. Let somebody say something to you, and you'll know what rises up inside of you. You'll know if you still have some snake in you. So if part of you wants to strike back, and you want to defend you, you want to... Come on, right? Help us all. Help us. And so, come on, Lord, let us not react to people... You know, one thing in our class we realize, and, and you may have heard this, this is uh, repeating, it says, hurt people hurt people. And we're hurting. So people are hurting, even in church. And then outside, people are hurting. And hurt people hurt people. And if you're hurt and you respond to that hurt, all you're going to have is hurt, hurt, and hurt, and there's more hurt and more pain, and nothing's getting healed. We're just magnifying the hurt. And look what it says here, and I'm going to close here. I can get somebody to come back up. I, I may be done here. Next hour or so. No, I'm on. <laughs> but look what Paul's prayer. And so that was just hearing. You guys, I got together with Rick and Ann. I was thinking about putting the three monkeys on the, on the slide about hear no evil, speak no evil, say no evil, whatever. Hear no evil, yeah. Speak no evil, see no evil. And I got that because this was Paul's prayer for the, the people of God that they wouldn't hear crazy they would hear faith in Jesus and then what they're hearing would cause them to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and so Paul's hearing caused him to pray in a way and I want you guys to think about how are you praying or how are we to pray one thing we learned is that what we need to pray for the kingdom of God to come in our lives we need to pray, think of this prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Come on, Jesus' disciple, they were like, Lord, teach us to pray. I don't even know, how many of you have ever got, tried to pray? You don't know what to pray. He says, all right, here, I'm a, this is a basic elementary prayer every day. Everyone say every day. I remember when I first got saved. And we had, how many of you guys remember Larry Lee years ago and he had the hour of prayer, 60 minutes, and it was taken, can you not tarry with me one hour? It was like Jesus came to the disciples, like, how many of you guys, now the movies are coming back, right? We can go to the movies, we can watch the war, whatever it is. And so we get into church, we're worried, oh, we had a two-hour service, that's too long, but whatever, okay. 
But praying for an hour. And I remember learning and, and, and praying this prayer. But it was a, a layout of the, of the disciples' prayer. And so it says, and you can find this in Matthew chapter 6. You read Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter... I think maybe we should preach that sometime, but really that's, that's, the, that, that's Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, actually the whole Bible. But he says this, when you pray, and 9 and 10. And there it is. There's the spirit of adoption. Our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed being your name. When you're just declaring his name, you're declaring all that he is. All that the name of Jesus is. All the name that he's everything that you need. He's your, he's, and I'm not going to say it for the sake of time, but he's everything. His name is a strong tower, but it's, you know, I could break it down in the Hebrew, but for the sake of time, I won't do that. But when you hallow his name, you're making a declaration, Lord, everything I need is found in you. Hallowed be your name. And then you're saying this declaration, Lord, come your kingdom be done your will, or come thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What you're saying is the dominion of the king or the authority of the king. Remember I said you can't do what you want to do around here. And when you belong to the king and you're in his kingdom, you don't get to do what you want to do around there. When his kingdom is there, it's his domain, it's his ruling. But you're saying, Lord, let your rule, let your domain, let your kingdom be in my life, in every area. And maybe you just want to start with yourself. Lord, in my life, help me. Let me not worry about everybody else in the world. Help me to be, Lord, a carrier of your kingdom. Then you could pray for your family and your loved ones and your sphere of influence. Pray for your boss. Pray for your fellow. Pray for your church. And your kingdom, you can just pray the kingdom will come. Pray for the nations of the earth. Pray for this nation. Pray for the nations of the world that God's kingdom would rule and reign. Come thy kingdom, be done thy will in earth. That's you. It's not out there. It's not the world out there. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's me. It's me. Come your kingdom in me, in my life, in my body, in my heart, in my mind, in my faculties. Let the kingdom be in me. I got to remember where I was. I'm getting lost up here. No. As it is in heaven. Have you ever just stopped? Shh. Quiet. What's it like in heaven? Have you ever asked God to take you there? Take you into the heavens? We don't think like this. We're just, we'd say the words. But as it is in heaven, how many know the Lord wants to take his people up so we'd get into the heavenlies? We'd have a heavenly perspective. We would say, Lord, give me, give me some of heaven. I don't mind. Too much hell going on. Take the hell out of me. In our flesh. We'll get there. As Paul says, there's something that happens to you. Something that happens to you that God kills you. He wants to kill you. People are like, no, nah, God wants. Yes, he wants to kill you. He wants to kill that part of you that's full of the devil, right? Our flesh, right? Come on, Pastor Steve has it. You have it. You were born with it, right? That part of you that's contrary. And so it says, but Lord, take me into the heavenlies. Let me live. Like, 
you read Colossians, it says, if you were, if you died and you're, since you died with Christ in the waters of baptism, and since you rose with him in resurrection and of life, since you're seated with him in heavenly places, set your mind and your affections on things that are above and not on this world. It says those in Romans 8, it says those that are in the spirit kill the deeds of the flesh. Those that are in the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit and there's life and peace. Right? And so we see that there's this battle going on. There's battle between our flesh and our spirit, man. And so, so we come back to this prayer. Every day, Lord, take me into the heavenlies. Lord, take me into the heavens. Let me go into the heavens. Let me stop. And Lord, let me think about heaven, not just my schedule, not just my duties, not just my, all the things I have to do, not just because I have a to-do list and I got to do it. And those things are important. But before you do all that stuff, take a little bit of the heavenlies with you. Come thy kingdom, be done thy will in my earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Come on, yes, God. You know, deliverance is like a dirty word. Come on, I need deliverance. You need deliverance. We need to walk in deliverance. Deliver me from myself. Deliver me from evil. Deliver me from any harm. Deliverance, okay? It's not a dirty word. Jesus is our deliverer. Deliver us. For thine is the kingdom, the power of the glory. So we see here back in our, in our passage of chapter 1, verse 15, 16, 17, 18, it all comes started with hearing. When you hear right, you'll pray right. You'll have faith. And his prayer was that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Come on, pray that. Say, God, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Now lay your hands on your eyes, and here it is, that the eyes of my understanding would be flooded with light. How many know that the God, our God is a God of light? In John chapter 1, it says men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. There's a part of us that loves darkness. There's a part of our carnality. There's a part of our flesh that wants to stay in the shadows. It wants to stay hiding. It wants to stay in secret because part of us, we have this nature that is in a battle. But it says they that love God love the light. And they that love God come to the light. And so what his prayer is, is that the, that the eyes of your understanding would have light turn on. You know, I got some new glasses. And it's amazing after you wore glasses for two years and they were scratched up and bent out of shape. And I put some new glasses on. I was like, thank you. I can see. And that's what he's saying. Put some new glasses on. Those of you that wear glasses, you know what I'm talking about. Or turn the lights on that you may know him, that you may know the hope of his calling and the riches of, the, of his glory, of his inheritance in you. In verse 19, and the exceeding, it doesn't just, listen to this, verse 19. Can you put that up there, Oscar, verse 19? And it says, it doesn't just say the power to, to us who believe. I want you to think, it says, and it doesn't even say the greatness of his power to us. It says the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. 
I don't know about you, but I have to stop and think. I'm like, you mean to tell me, Lord, that there is power on the inside of me, that there is a power that's available to me, that there is a power for me to live in victory, that I can live like you lived, I can walk like you walk, I can talk like you talk. Think about power right now. Power is, is what everybody wants. Everybody wants what? Some type of power. Everything with the cryptocurrency. Everyone, I hear all this craziness about how much power they need to generate crypto. And so you got hydropower, solar panel power. You got wind power. You got all this different power. You got nuclear power. Everybody wants power. If you have power, then you're rich. I think God sits up there and he was like, <laughs> they haven't seen power. They don't even know power. How many know that in Jesus, in God, is all power and dominion and authority? And that power, that exceeding greatness of his power is towards me, towards you, towards you. Who, who what? Who believe, who believe him, who trust in him. According to the working of his mighty power. That's good news right there. And I looked up that, you know, I got happy on that verse. I looked up that word power, and it's the name of my dog. Kratos. Kratos. It's the Greek word power. Don't worry, I didn't name my dog, but, you know, my sons, they, it was actually a character in their video game, The God of War. <laughs> Kratos was Zeus's dad in Greek mythology, but it's in the Bible, okay? It's in the Bible. <laughs> but I was looking at that, that word Kratos is power, God's unlimited power. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, verse 20. Come on, we got to get these verses. We got to finish at least chapter one here. When he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and he seated him in the heavenly places. Come on, Jesus is in the heavenly places. Psalm, Psalm 110. You guys know this is one of Pastor Steve's favorite passage verse. I got a lot of them. Psalm 110. It says, the Lord said to me, this is David talking to himself. This is, I'm a, this is David talking to, he's praying. He's hearing a conversation in heaven. This is David in Psalm 110. He says, the Lord, talking about Father God, said to my Lord, Jesus the Son, sit at my right hand, Till I make your enemies your footstool. That's Psalm 110. And it says that your people are going to be willing in the day of your power. Come on, that's our day. There's a day of power. Come and say, Lord, make me willing. Put a, put a new yes inside of me in the day of your power. And then it says this. It says, I'm going to send the rod of strength out of Zion. You know who Zion is? It's not a building. It's not. It's, it's you. You're Zion. You're the church. Zion was the city. Zion, Jerusalem was the city of Zion was Jerusalem. And we know that. It says there's a spiritual company in Jerusalem, in Zion. And it says that he put him. Let me get to my place here which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and sat him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion 
and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, verse 21, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So if Jesus is the head and you're his body, how many know that Jesus really takes care of his body really good? He knows how to take care of you really well. He knows how to give you what you need to succeed in life. And so go ahead and just stand with me all over the building today. I know it went a little bit long. I know we gave you a lot of different verses. But my prayer to you today is that you'll have a new download of power to be more like Jesus. Not to cast out devils. You can do that easy. I'm not worried about devils. I'm worried about the devil in me. In my flesh. That's, that's the devil I got to deal with. That's the devil you got to deal with. And Paul talks about that. He was like, you know what? You've received something of the Spirit. And I'm not even, I can't even do it right now, but I'm going to give you a little taste of it. Jesus just says, basically, it's time to get remarried. That's what he says. It's time to get remarried. It's time for you to marry a new Jesus. You say, Pastor Steve, where do you get that from? Romans chapter 7, verse 6. It says, stop being married to the old letter and get married to the Spirit of God in newness of life. And so we know that when we know about the waters of baptism, we talked about our, our, our things that battle us. And so my prayer today is I'd say, Lord, come on, I want to marry you, Jesus. I want to be in love with the new Jesus. And he uses this example. He says, you know, in the Old Testament and even in law, he says, if a man and a woman are married, they're bound as long as they're living. But if the husband dies, you're free to get married to somebody new. Now, that doesn't mean any of you guys right here start saying, I'm going to get married to somebody else. No, that's not what that means. He's talking about Jesus. He says, Jesus was the husband. And since Jesus died on the cross, you're free to now get reborn and marry a new person, Jesus. And I read this and I was like, it's time for me to get remarried. I'm getting remarried to the Jesus of the Spirit. Not to the Jesus of the old, not to the Jesus of the letter, not to Jesus of the law, not to the Jesus of church, not to the Jesus of what we know. No, it's time for us to say, Lord, I want to be reintroduced to you. Now, isn't this wonderful how God does it? Because sometimes when you're married for a long time, let me just use Judy and you guys have been married over 50 years, 55, 60. <laughs> And I guarantee if we had a wedding today where they were going to renew their vows, they were happy and smiling, and I don't know if, you're gonna, if you've done that. They would. And I saw this picture. It's like, that's what God wants. He wants us to come and say, you know what? It's okay. I love you like that. I love you like a family. I love you. And so let's just lift our hearts. I don't even know how to end this service today, but if you want some special prayer, we'll pray for you. If you want power, say, Lord, I... I just, I need to be healed. I need to be delivered. I need to be free. I realize that I'm carrying pain. I'm carrying disappointment. Lord, I'm carrying things that just, when something happens that I don't like, I see part of me that rises up and 
I just want to be changed. I want to be, I want to be different. I just want, uh, I, want to, I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you, Jesus. Even as your cousin John said, Lord, you must increase that I, and I must decrease. Lord, so today we come to the altar and we just say, Lord, let us decrease today. Let us decrease, Lord. Let us decrease, Lord. Let us decrease. Lord, let us decrease, Lord. Let us humble ourselves before you. And we know that if we humble ourselves, Lord, you'll lift us up. And so, Lord, bless your people today as they go in different places. If you need special prayer, we're going to just sing or do something here. But if you need special prayer at the altar, we'll be glad to pray for you. If you need any type of healing or air in your life, you just want to be free from, you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just go ahead and come on down and amen. Lord bless you today. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.